0: Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, hey, what's up, Pat the Freedom listeners? Thanks for dropping in. This is episode 125. Very excited to bring this episode to you. Today, I'm speaking with Justin Mink. Justin's a professional EOS implementer. For those not familiar with EOS, Uh, EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. This whole concept or philosophy of how to, you know, properly structure and run a business spawned from the book Traction written by Gino Wickman and has really become a movement, you know, across all fields of entrepreneurship. But, you know, in particularly, at least in the world that I live in, um, EOS has really been embraced by the franchise world, and many franchisors implement EOS in their business. Uh, they're encouraging, in some cases, even maybe you know, requiring their franchisees uh, as they come on board to go through EOS training and you know run that system in their businesses as well. And I absolutely love the fact that there's people like Justin out there that you know have been through extensive training not only on how EOS you know works and how it should be properly implemented, but you know how to teach other entrepreneurs, you know how to implement the entrepreneurial operating system because you know one of the the most common things that I've seen over the years that I've worked in franchising is that so many people, are driven to business ownership because they want more control. They want more freedom. They want more flexibility in their schedule, or at least they want a better, you know, balance in their life. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of business owners, because they don't lay the foundation properly and they don't set themselves up for long-term success, they end up working harder, grinding harder, and eventually burning out, um, you know, than they ever did when they were back in corporate America or whatever they were doing, you know, before they got into business for themselves. And so, you know, EOS is really designed to, you know, help founders or, you know, CEOs or even small business owners, you know, really operate in, their wheelhouse and spend the vast majority of their working time on the things that best play to their strengths and their skill sets and um you know, are gonna really move the needle in the organization and then you know having a, a structure and a team around them that they can delegate to. So the eOS system, you know really helps with all of that it it really does a good job of helping to keep you know leadership teams on the same page, working towards the same goals and moving in the same direction. So don't want to steal too much of Justin's thunder here. Uh, He speaks about all of this much more eloquently than I do, but he's a wealth of information and, um, you know, a, a huge resource. Justin's got experience in franchising. He now works with a lot of franchisor and franchisee clients to help them implement EOS in their businesses Um, and Justin's a franchisee himself, you know, the, the EOS, uh, professional implementer organization that, that he's a part of and the business that he's running, he is actually a franchisee. So some really interesting perspective here from Justin and, you know, as I mentioned, ton of knowledge. So, um, don't miss a second of this episode. So with that, let's drop in with Justin Mink. (laughs) Justin, thank you so much. I know you're busy. Really appreciate you making time to be here.
1: Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Wes.
0: Yeah, man. Uh absolutely. So, for those that that may not be familiar with EOS, give us kind of the the quick overview, you know, what is EOS and and who is EOS for?
1: Yeah. Uh it's I mean, if you have to boil it down, to it's very essence, it's a simple set of proven practical tools designed to help entrepreneurs and leaders run a better business get more of what they want out of their business and frankly to live a better life you know it's designed it's designed for entrepreneurial growth oriented leaders who are more uncomfortable with the status quo than they are with change um
0: i like and that and it's
1: i i uh I uh, uh, for those who are not basketball fans, uh, forgive the analogy, but I like to call it the triangle offense of business management. It's a uh, you know, it's it's instead of putting a tra- a stranglehold on the creative artistry of one Michael Jordan, what the structured triangle offense did for Jordan and the Bulls was actually channel that energy in the most efficient capacity possible aligning all the stakeholders and parties in one straight line direction towards the production of a, a six championship dynasty. So within a structured framework where everyone understood everyone, each other's accountability to, to the business with crystal clarity and simplicity, Michael Jordan was freed to produce championships. So jumping the gun a little, but I, I love that analogy, and uh, I, I probably overuse it.
0: No, I think it's a perfect analogy. Um, and I think one that even, you know, probably someone that's not a diehard basketball fan can can wrap their head around. Um, right. So so EOS stands for Entrepreneur Operating System. Yep. Tell us a little bit of the, the background. Like, where did EOS this this system, uh, you know, this kind of methodology of structuring? you know, the, the business in the right way? Where did it all kind of stem from?
1: So there's a book called Traction written by a lifelong entrepreneur by the name of Gino Wickman. Uh, last year, it celebrated its 15th anniversary in publication. It sold over a million copies worldwide. So Gino is a, was brought in to run his family business. His dad was transitioning out of his, you know, to his son when Gino was a young guy in his 20s, it's a real estate marketing company. And Gino saw the business was in need of a turnaround and successfully turned the business around, ran it for seven years and had a really successful exit for his family and all of his team. And as he was transitioning the business to a new leadership team, he spent the next 18 months uh, making that handoff. He became one of the founding members of the EO chapter, Entrepreneurial Organization in Detroit. Yeah that's when he discovered he had this knack and this kind of passion for the art and the discipline of running a great entrepreneurial business. He started working with business leaders all over Michigan, which is where EOS was founded, kind of right outside Detroit. And he just saw that that business leaders were kind of constantly playing whack-a-mole. And there was really no set of, there was no center of excellence. There was no tools designed not for no framework, not designed for, a, you know, a, a monolithic corporation that moves slow, but something for innovative, fast-moving, agile entrepreneurs. Yeah. And just a set of guidelines, a framework to help them run a better business and, and like, like with the triangle offense analogy to unleash that creative spirit. So, that's when he started kind of cobbling together the bits and pieces that ultimately would form EOS. And there's not – there's no magic bullets. There's no, like, Ratri- matrix red pill in EOS – you know, you have to do the lifting. It's yeah. uncomfortable. But, you know, these are these are concepts that have been around for 100 years. They'll be around for another 1,000. What EOS does is it takes kind of concepts and philosophies from guys like Jim Collins and Stephen Covey and Patrick Lencioni and really makes it tangible and actionable for business leaders to use in a real practical way in their business.
0: Yeah, it kind of gives you like a structured playbook of how to actually go about implementing it in your business instead of having to try to pull all this information from all these different sources and and make sense of it um and and I'm sure at some point in the the conversation I'll share a little bit of you know my experience uh you know being part of a leadership team that implemented the the EOS system and you know how that kind of went for us but you know, before we get too much further into that, you know, I, I'd love, you know, for the audience to hear a little bit more of your background and, you know, how you got to the point where you are today, where you're, you know, coaching and, and teaching other business owners how to implement EOS in in their own businesses. So if, if you don't mind, you know, would love to hear a little bit of the, the background and how you got to this point.
1: Yeah, of course. So I've probably spent half my career in entrepreneurial ventures and the other half there's been some overlap but working with franchises as a digital yeah. marketing supplier so the entrepreneurial part of my career started in my 20s i had this corporate desk job and i i started this side hustle on the weekends and ended up earning more income and having way more fun than <laughs> you know my my monday to friday and that that kind of gave me the uh the bug um yeah as every entrepreneur and leader knows there's a ton of highs and lows on on that journey mm-hmm. uh, and as fun as the highs are the lows uh have lessons to teach you that you can take into your next you know the rest of your life the rest of your career so for me a big high was um sat sitting down at a park with a former colleague of mine and a founder of a company that I helped take public and grew from you know employee 100 to Billion-dollar market cap in in 15 countries with almost 2,000 employees, went public. And he and I left the company coincidentally around the same time. I'd I'd been there around six years, and we said, let's do something together. So we started this. This was almost exactly a decade ago. We started this crazy music marketing technology company in North Texas called Music Audience Exchange, which is a conversation for another podcast, but... um, you know, raised a bunch of money. And today that company, you know, does tens of million in revenue and has, you know, 80 full-time employees. Wow. Still doing really well. Went through, Has been through three rounds of funding. Followed pretty shortly thereafter by a big low because mm-hmm. I ended up getting really sick. Um, I was working the 80-hour grind and I'm convinced I got mono, <laughs> which is like a kid... Illness, right? It's yeah, no no picnic when you're an adult, especially when you're an adult who's working, you know, their their ass off trying to launch yeah. a company and engaged yeah. to be married at the time. Mm. So I just kept getting sicker, it turned chronic. Wow. I basically had the flu 24/7 for months, and um I I thought that was the end of my entrepreneurial career. I essentially thought that at that point leadership, entrepreneurship was synonymous with chaos and stress and sacrificing health and relationships and time for any other interests or passions in life. And so I went back to working with a digital marketing company called Scorpion and helping help lead the franchise team there and growing that business and had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with five years at that company. And I learned about a client of mine who actually to this day still works with Gino Wickman as their implementer. He still works with clients. Told me about Traction and I read it and uh, within about twenty pages, I had two primary emotions. One was pissed off. I was I was pissed that I hadn't discovered it sooner because yeah. there were answers to questions that I really didn't think had answers. Like it didn't didn't have to be so chaotic and stressful. That's right. Um, and I thought, man, maybe if I just it was practical. It wasn't raw raw. It wasn't philosophy. And I thought, man, if I only discovered this five years ago, maybe it would have made a difference. But I was more inspired to get back into an entrepreneurial venture. So I joined a startup agency going from, you know, a rocket ship, pretty big company at that point, Scorpion, to a small 15-person agency under the condition that we deploy U.S. Oh. And the founder, former client, friend of mine with eight kids who was on that 80-hour grind, right? <laughs> Basically his wife and nanny raising the kids while he was locked away in a garage office, Um he fell in love with it, and it took us about six months to kind of fully stitch EOS into the fabric of how we ran the business and to kind of really internalize it. Yeah. And over that time frame, our revenue velocity, and this was like right up front when I started with the company, almost doubled. And in fact, not only did everyone, uh, including him, cap we capped company work hours at 40 a week. It became work-life balance became a a company value that we brought to life with a 40-hour week cap. So for me, yeah, I I just got like, I mean, I lived it, I experienced it. And so I, you know, became an EOS evangelist. And when I found out that EOS was a franchise, it had converted into a franchise after a private equity transaction a few years back, uh, it was like the universe telling me what I needed to do because I'm, yeah. you know, I'm franchising with my tribe, man, and right. and yeah. so like I never be- thought that I would actually have an opportunity to be a franchisee that would align with what I wanted to do. So, you know, now I've been doing it for almost two years full time, and it's just an opportunity. It's it's really my calling because now I have the I have the opportunity, the privilege to help other leaders really experience the same upgrades in the quality of their business and life that that EO- EOS gave. To me, and hopefully spare them the, the the suffering, the chronic illness that that I unfortunately had to go
0: through. Yeah, it's a fascinating story of of how you got to here, and and I think you know, very sounds to me like a very uh, you know well rounded you know kind of resume, which which I would imagine helps you in what you you do now, working with a variety of different types of businesses, right? I, I would imagine just you know you not. Being and on one career track for for your entire career makes it a little bit easier for you to relate with companies in you know different industries or or different types of business models. But you know it's it's so true. You know what you pointed out that uh, so many people assume that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you know business owner, that the the chaos just has to be part of it and the the eighty hour work weeks and you know that's that's a shame because you, you probably know as well as i do but especially in the the franchise world so many of the people that start exploring franchise ownership is because they're they're looking to get away from something right and usually that has a lot to do with you know they're looking to get away from the the crazy you know work hours or a lot of travel and just not having as much of that work life balance you know there's there's always a financial you know motivator for for people looking to get into business for themselves but you know there's usually a lifestyle motivator that's just as big if not greater than the the financial motivator at least in my experience and the the types of people that you know I work with to to help explore franchising and um you know I I've seen it I mean I've I've experienced it myself I was sharing with you a little bit you know offline you know what we're dealing with in one of our businesses right now um a lot of entrepreneurs get into business for themselves for more freedom more control more flexibility and they end up with less of it um and and EOS is you know kind of the answer to to solve for that so it is
1: for a lot of, for a lot of entrepreneurs it's funny that, that you say that you know um Everyone thinks about EOS as as a way to run a smarter, more efficient business, better strategy, better performance, better structure, more clarity. And all of that is true. But the healthy side, the smart and the healthy component is just as important. And, I, I, you know, aside from the financial performance improvements that a lot of companies have once they deploy EOS, I'm not kidding you, man I'd say half of the eOS entrepreneur the entrepreneurs that that lean into eOS and decide that they want to you know they want to use it as their operating system are doing so because there's a visionary there's a founder who is stuck yeah and who feels like the business controls them they don't control the business and you know a big part of the underlying skill set that we teach all leaders who are running eOS is how to delegate, how to let go of the, how to let go of the vine, how to scale the business so that you're yeah. not a bottleneck and how to get more of what you want by uncovering the true leaders in your business, making sure they embrace accountability, driving simplicity and clarity and ultimately empowering and freeing leaders to live that entrepreneurial life that they got in the business to begin with for. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're, the name of your podcast says it all path to freedom. Right. And it's, yeah. it's, You know, um, EOS is powerful in enabling that for a lot of leaders.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, the the company that I was working for is the first franchise company that I went to work for, you know, at the franchisor level, my first foray into franchising. I was just a few years out of college. And, you know, fortunately, a couple of years into it, they were they were gracious enough to, you know, kind of add me as part of the leadership team and uh we we implemented it and the the ceo of that company was very very much a visionary um and you know so i think that was very instrumental for him in particularly uh you know getting that kind of um integrator right identifying who that person was and and like you said delegating right and then for the rest of us it was I think the I mean the accountability piece was was huge, right? And just getting into this regular cadence of you know the the level 10 meetings and you know the the scorecard that we went through, all of that was really good. I think accountability is always always great. but um, I think the other real benefit was it it kept us all focused on moving in the same direction. Right. I think it, it. It helped us eliminate a lot of overlap, you know, where multiple people were kind of, you know, working on the same thing, but not really communicating. And uh, therefore, it wasn't really, you know, that effective or that productive. I think it it kept, you know, certain parts of the company from trying to kind of move in this direction while others were moving in, in the other direction. So there was definitely, I think, alignment. Like you said, it simplified things. It it provided clarity, and uh, you know I can remember it was awkward, you know, for a while, um, you know, as we started implementing it. But you know, one of the things, uh, Dave Pasgan is the the guy that was the CEO of this company. You know, great friend and and mentor of mine today. But you know, he sat us all down. He kind of explained it. You know, we all read Traction. But he got everyone's commitment and buy-in that hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this, but we're gonna stick with it, right. Um, and I don't remember that that he brought in an implementer. I think he may have gone to you know a course of some sort or, or a seminar himself, but we didn't have someone from the outside you know, in there helping us implement it like I know you do with your clients, but uh he he knew enough to know that, like it was going to be awkward for a period of time. And and so I think he was really smart to get us all to commit, you know, to sticking with it. And, you know, within a couple of months, maybe, maybe you know, about six months, like you said, it was with, with your company. It just started to feel like, a normal part of of the process right i mean it was it was really at the core of you know everything we did and and how we operated and it was a game changer in that business yeah, for us
1: that's awesome man um it's always clunky and awkward at first but any new behavior is you know you uh, you don't hire a nutritionist to feed you cake right and so (laughs)
0: that's right it takes a while
1: like when you adapt a new diet or a new workout routine it takes a while for your brain to 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 your neuro adapt into your body your muscles to get used to you know conditioned and get out of you know a high state of atrophy into a new mode of operating but man you hit the nail on the head i mean if you had to reduce it to its most simplest description it create a vision that's clear and compelling Share that vision with the whole company to attract the people who believe in the things you do and to repel the kind that don't. Make sure everybody understands what winning looks like. Harness all the human energy in the company to row in that direction and drive accountability so that everyone's doing their part and you have a team of people who are contributing materially and can rely on each other to carry their weight. I mean, that's it at its very fundamental core.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I know there, there's, you know, so much else that that goes into it, and and really, you know, implementing this the right way. But give us kind of like the the high level, you know, structure that you're teaching. Right, you know, I I referenced the the level ten meetings. I referenced the the scorecard. Like, just walk us through kind of what are some of the the key components that that do need to be implemented in 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 order to really. You know follow this EOS system and get the the type of results that people are are looking for.
1: Yeah. I mean simplicity is everything, right? I have yet to meet an entrepreneur or a leader who says, give me more complexity in my business. Right. So <laughs> yeah. So there are just a few, you know, we we take everything about EOS is taking an 80-20 approach. How can you get 80% of the value for 20% of the effort? So, you know, the lens through which we view everything in a business, we call it the six key components of the business. And we we kind of part of the criteria that that I use when working with my clients to determine when they're ready to graduate and they no longer need my help because they've fully mastered it is when they get what we call 80% strong or or stronger in each of the components so there's six vision get everybody aligned on where you're going how you're going to get there people right discovering the right people who want to be on that journey with you and You know, really fit your culture, your unique culture, like a glove. Data, running the business on objective set of facts, figures, information versus ego, subjectivity, emotion. Mm -hmm. Issues is four, getting awesome at lining up your issues as they arise, knocking them down forever for the greater good. Uh, Process is five, and that's just doing the most important things the right way every time by everyone. Drives clarity, accountability, more revenue, more profit, actually more fun when it's not a 700-page SOP manual that nobody ever looks at, right? It's the right. definition of pain and suffering. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, traction, which is just bringing the vision down of the business into the ground and executing every day with accountability and discipline, everybody rowing in that singular direction. So those are the six key components. And there's a couple, There's there's a bunch of tools in the toolbox, but really there's just a handful of primary tools that kind of harmonize and orchestrate all those moving parts and pieces to kind of work together in 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 harmony, like the human body. You know, like you can't have a yeah. strong beating heart without a working set of lungs and and vice versa. So it all kind of works together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it really is powerful. So so let me ask you this. What what types of companies in in your experience really benefit? From this, the most really need it the most? Like what you're I'm sure it's fairly wide ranging, but your your kind of typical client is this a company that's just starting and they are smart enough to realize like, hey, we need to implement some of these things early on, or is it companies that are maybe a little bit further in, you know, two to five years? What what is, I guess, kind of your your typical client look like if that's not too broad of a question?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, my niche is kind of franchising. So I work yeah. with a lot of franchisors. I train a lot of the franchisees as part of the engagement uh and partnerships that I have with my clients. I work with the IFA as a client. Um you know, the target market, broadly speaking, for EOS businesses is somewhere between 10 and 250 employees doing two to 50 million in revenue. But yeah. more importantly than that, the psychographics are everything, you know, just willing mm-hmm. to be open and honest with themselves and those around them. Like I said at the outset, they're just more uncomfortable with staying still than they are with, you know, with change. Um open to new ways of doing things, open like like your leader Dave was to kind of being uncomfortable because unwinding old patterns and behaviors is never easy at first. And you got to get through that initial period of discomfort. But you know, a lot of the franchisees I train, they're they're just opening their doors. They they've got one, two, three employees, if that. And they always ask, is it too early for me? My response is always the same: is it ever too early to establish a foundation? to scale a healthy cohesive business on top of to create a vision that provides clarity for you and your people to drive accountability in the organization from the very jump of opening your doors for business like the way that a business will use eos will evolve as they evolve Yeah. but man there are elements that i think are even more powerful for a startup that's you know just just thinking about the pieces they need to put together
0: yeah, well, I, I would think it's much much easier to to you know put this in place early on. You know, when the company's smaller in terms of number of employees, it's just you know not as fast paced yet. Versus having to go back, you know, and and try to to implement it once the company is bigger. Um, that a that two would be person, my assumption.
1: Totally, man. I'm a two person business. It is the business that I'm in by implicitly is. Me with my clients, but I have an assistant who almost serves as an integrator at this point because we're so tightly knit. And we run pure EOS. We've got a scorecard. We've got Lovely. rocks. We run a ninety-minute L ten once a week, and uh, it's the ninth. The L ten that we have for those of you who don't know that's that's the uh, that's the meeting agenda that an EOS meeting is uses. It's it's pretty uh, regimented, very structured. It is the best hour and a half that I spend every week. I mean, we are like a well-oiled machine. And it was clunky at first. Even me, like, teaching this, I had to practice what I preach, And it kind of made me really look at myself in the mirror, shine a light on my deficiencies and weaknesses, and and hold myself accountable.
0: Yeah, I I could see that, like, that might be some pushback that, you know, if you have a small you know company right you and maybe just a couple of other people you'd be like well we don't you know we don't really need that we don't you know we're not big enough to where something like that's really going to help and and it it probably does almost feel more awkward if you are trying to implement it you know if it's just you and one other person or you and two other people versus like you know a 10 15 20 person company what what are what are some of the biggest i guess challenges or issues that you've seen EOS be able to turn around, you know, for, for your clients or just other, other businesses that you've, you know, kind of witnessed implement EOS and, and have success with it. Are there, are there kind of some key things that, that like any trends that you've seen in terms of like problems or issues that it's been able to, to resolve?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, so many, but it, I mean, if, if you have, it boils, all boils down to making sure that every, but everyone, um, as the leadership team goes, so goes the rest of the organization. So, you know, when I work with the client, the goal is to get the leadership team to master understanding why the tools exist and how to use them so that they're equipped to then go out and teach their teams how to, how to use them. And they have credibility and authority and they have the comprehension. Um, But, getting everyone aligned on the vision, exactly where the company's going and how they're going to get there and getting it all out of everyone's head and all the murkiness and ambiguity about what winning really looks like and having have the exact same image in everyone's mind's eye about what that actually is, what that journey looks like and how we're going to get there together. And then it's, you know, ensuring that there is accountability In every seat in the business, from the intern on up to the founding CEO, everyone's accountable with crystal clarity around the roles they play in the organization. And there's visibility on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual cadence that they're getting their shit done. (laughs) And they're all making demonstrable, measurable progress, moving in the direction of of their vision, and then just creating health, cohesive teams that actually like being around each other that locker room kind of foxhole mentality where you can be honest, you can be critical, but there's no personal animosity. There's no contempt. There's no finger pointing. It's how do we get better together and do so in like practicing radical candor without yeah. anybody getting ego or emotionally upset when, you know, there's criticism. We're all trying to get better. So and we
0: call it vision, traction, healthy. I like that vision, traction, healthy. It's got a ring to it um if you're listening to this podcast then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life there's also a good chance that you realize that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for also if you've been listening to the show for a while you realize that i specialize in franchise ownership in addition to owning franchise businesses myself I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out. And you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected. And I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people Determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. What are so so I would imagine that that another challenge a lot of companies run into, because you've you've referenced this a number of times up to this point. You know, getting clear on who are the people within your organization, you know, that have the leadership potential that should have a seat at that leadership table. Uh, And, and, you know, they have to buy in, you know, to this in order for it to work. How often do you see, you know, a, a visionary within a company, whether they're the founder or the CEO, whatever the case is get that part wrong meaning they've got someone or maybe multiple people on their team that had been in a leadership position that they felt had leadership uh potential but then when it comes time to implement traction maybe it's because of ego or or whatever the case is but that person can't get on board with it is that something that that you see fairly regularly and and you know, is that something that you know founders are willing to to you know move in a different direction if that's what they they realize may need to be done?
1: Good question. That is the to so the first sort of collaborative, real meaty exercise that that any implementer, including myself, does with the client is something called building the accountability chart. So it's a structure first people second approach. Mm. to building the right structure for the, for an organization to take it to the next level of where they want to go with total accountability, clarity, and simplicity. So whenever we're in the room with a client, like they're fired. You have a leadership team of four, five, six, seven, however many, you're all fired. So let go of your title, your ego, your history, and you're now on the board of directors taking an outside-in look at the company structure and remove all faces from functions what is the right structure to take this company to the next level? And man, uh, probably any EOS implementer will tell you this, more than half the time there's an implementation. Implementation is a multi-step process over the course of most cases, a couple of years. Uh, but over the course of the first few months, there's typically turnover in the leadership team, especially for a company that's been around for a while and is you know operating at, at some degree of scale. Because there's yeah. long festering issues. There's an elephant in the room. Somebody's not pulling their weight. Like you said, somebody's an OG. And it's just kind of been there from the beginning, but maybe like the peer principle has risen to the level of their incompetency, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and so to your, to your question, the, the leaders who are, are willing to enter the danger and do what's right for the company's best interest. And, and grit their teeth and face that pain uh they're the ones that are gonna succeed the ones who are either egocentric and you know want pure command and control or are just not willing to deal with that pain and suffering yeah um uh, those are the ones that have a harder time
0: the ones that lean in and then they they lean right back out when they realize what needs to be done uh <laughs> yeah know, yeah actually- i mean there's a
1: there's a, you know, the, the danger of EOS as a brand is it's gotten a lot of brand recognition and a lot of people have heard about it. They've heard good things and there is no dipping your toe into the EOS waters. Like if you're going to do it. If you don't, if you're interested in it, it's not going to work. If you're committed to it, just so like, you know, if you're interested in your marriage working, it's not going to work. If you're committed, yeah committed to it, you're, you're going to get through the tough parts. It's going to, it's going to be a beautiful relationship. So you got to commit.
0: Yeah, I I could see that, you know, maybe being a bit of a a challenge for you as as the EOS brand does get more and more recognition, right? It's it's I imagine that some people got a little bit of an intimidating, you know, connotation that that comes with it, you know, like I hear great things, but shit, that sounds like a lot of hard uncomfortable <laughs> work. Uh, you know, do we really want to want to dive into that, but um you mentioned earlier you know, part of your process, it sounds like, is you know, working with a client until they they graduate, right? Until you feel like you know they've they've got the system in place and and they can kind of run with it on their own. And again, I'm sure this this varies from one client to the next. But what's what's kind of the typical timeline? And I know it's always evolving, right? I, th- I think you even said you know in most cases for years, right? Yeah. But what's kind of the typical timeline that you see or what is your expectation for you know how long a company would need you in there you know really helping them implement
1: yeah i mean it 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 every company's a snowflake right they're all unique yeah. uh but the the sort of the standard benchmark is a company typically will graduate and really don't not need the help of someone like myself after about 2 years and 10 sessions spaced out over that time frame. So it's a little more heavy up front as we lay down some of the foundational elements, but then it's like you're kind of on a quarterly cadence over yeah. over a space of about 2 years and there's some criteria that we use to make sure they've reached certain thresholds before they, you know, before we say hey, you can graduate. You can keep me around if you want. But if you got yeah. if you don't want to pay for me anymore, I I will happily celebrate your graduation with you. And then and then there's a new model that, you know, I've I've worked with some clients, some franchisors to use EOS as a means that by which they support their franchisees. So that's kind of an interesting uh, thing that has evolved over the last year and a half, really being spearheaded by one of my clients, Horsepower Brands, and yep. I train their franchisees every month and they have got some software that all the franchisees use and they have transparency into it and I, yeah. I i help their business coaches kind of train the trainer and so there's there's some new use cases in franchising that are starting to gain traction no, no pun intended there
0: <laughs> yeah no i think it's that's fascinating you know to me and and kind of the world that i live in and it was zach butler from from horsepower that introduced you and i if you remember and uh um, yeah. i remember when i heard that you know they were not only you know running traction or, or eos you know within their headquarters but it was something that they were actively you know training all of their franchisees right out of the gate to implement in their business I was like, "Holy shit, that is amazing!" Like, more franchisors should be teaching that right up front, because every every franchisor out there has issues because you know their franchisees are not able to scale the business, which you know typically results in frustrated franchisees. You know, after a period of time, that are getting burnt out. You know, franchisors, business models are all built around, you know, franchisees being able to continuously scale over time. Right. Or at least that's a, a big part of the the model for these franchisors. And so why not, you know, make the, the investment up front to help your franchisees set themselves up with, like you said it earlier, a strong foundation from day one? And you know
1: what? You know what else we've kind of discovered as a—I don't know if you want to call it an unintended consequence—but something else, kind of some goodness that has has come out of it. And I, and I give so much credit to Horsepower for for being so progressive and innovative, and really being the tip of the spear and helping create a model that will serve the entire franchise industry. But their entire company, corporate team members, franchise business coaches, their executive team, who I also work with directly to do an implementation all their franchisees, they all speak the same language. Mm. They can all get together and talk about rocks and L10s and what scorecard measurables do you use and what are your right goals and what are the rocks that are appropriate. Like like they speak the same, there's the same context up and down the business at every level, which is super powerful.
0: Yeah, it's important, right? Because without that, you know, if, if the franchisees are hearing folks from the corporate office talk about rocks and they don't know what the hell they're talking about, you know, there's no, there's no benefit there. I mean, still, still better than, than nothing, right. Because at least the, the corporate teams, you know, getting the benefit, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. So, so you got, how long have you guys been, you know, kind of running that program with horsepower?
1: Oh gosh, we're going on a year and a half or so at this point.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and so is this something that, every one of their franchisees is getting or, or franchisees opting into it? Like what is, what does that kind of look like?
1: I train every single one of their franchisees and, and I train all their business coaches and then their franchisees all have access to a software platform that's set up for them to run EOS. It's preloaded with some of the tools uh, and some of the metrics and, and benchmarks that they need to use. So um and they all have all the franchisees have relationships with them. Some of them reach out to me on a pretty regular, pretty regular basis. So I'm all, for all intents and purposes, I'm almost like the in-house implementer for, yeah. for Horsepower. So yeah. I speak at their annual conference, and like it's just been a great relationship. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think they've they've seen the benefit, the power, and and you know, I'll take myself out of the equation. and Really, I mean, all, all credit goes to Horsepower and to EOS for for driving some really healthy stuff in that, in that organization.
0: Yeah. They're doing a lot of really innovative things. I've had the chance to, to go out to Omaha and spend a couple of days and it's, it's amazing what they've built and, and in a relatively short period of time, but, you know, you mentioned software, you know, to me, the, the fact that, they're developing all of their software in-house across all their brands and, you know, everything kind of talks to each other and, you know, they've got franchisees that are now starting to invest in additional brands under the, the horsepower umbrella. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely blazing some trails, you know, within franchising and, and I hope that, you know, some other franchisors are watching and, and start, you know, implementing some of the same things. Um, so I mean what what else is like what are what are some of the biggest uh I, I you know I guess challenges that you know you see business owners you know have when they go to, to implement something like this. And you know, what are what are some things that a business owner could maybe proactively do? you know to maybe avoid some of those pitfalls if they're listening to this and saying yeah this makes sense but i see this being a challenge i see this being a challenge like what are what are what are some immediate action steps that like a business owner could take today if you know what they're hearing you you talk about is resonating
1: yeah i mean i look if i would i would say Businesses, but it's 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 all challenging. It's not easy. You've got to lift the weights. EOS is a a, a nail. You have got to be the hammer if you want to, you know, make it work. And if and you know, in order for something to work, if you don't believe in something, it's never going to work, right? Yeah. You have to really commit and believe and lean in. And I see businesses start to get in a little bit of trouble when they deploy certain elements, but they ignore others because it all does kind of stitch together and feed into kind of dovetails off one another. Can't I would say though, for, yeah, if you pick and choose, it it can create as many problems as it solves to a mm. certain degree. But if you're a business owner that's just getting started or has never really defined the vision of the organization and you, know, and you could pretty clearly, I mean, you know who you are. And if you don't, tap a few people on the shoulder in your company and say, hey, where are we going? Where are we gonna be in three years? Yeah. What's our ultimate business goal? What are our, what are our top 7 5 priorities over the next 12 months in order for this to be a great year in the life of this business and if you get a bunch of shrugs or or maybe a couple people or, have like entirely wildly different visions yeah, a bunch
0: of different answers yeah
1: so creating there's a document called the vision traction organizer yeah uh the VTO there's uh anybody on the sh- listening can contact me or just google it go on the EOS website the VTO, and it's essentially a, eight simple questions. And you sit down with your leadership team and you answer every question and you do not move on to the answering the next question until you you all agree to this every single word of every single answer to the question preceding it. That will, in a two-page document, clearly define a vision for the organization. Share it with your whole team. Use it as a hiring tool to attract the mm. people who want to be on that ride with you. I mean, it's just... Creating the vision in that document is a is a powerful, it's a powerful artifact. So you can start there.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great great starting point. Um, one one question I I meant to ask earlier, and and I want to make sure I get this in. Um, let, let's let's take like a a bigger organization as an example, right? Um, you know, you've you've mostly talked about the leadership team, you know, kind of implementing uh, the EOS. Uh, system, with, with say say you've got a hundred person company, right? And maybe that leadership team is made up of, you know, six or seven people are, is part of the evolution, you know, of EOS within that organization to, you know, keep implementing EOS further and further down the line. Meaning if there's six people on the leadership team and, you know, five of them have a different department under each of them, are, are they then going to take EOS and implement it with their department and and so forth and so forth? Is that kind of the ultimate goal or does it does it usually kind of stop at the leadership team?
1: That is the ultimate goal is to equip the leadership team to a point where they can then almost act as like their own implementer in-house, pushing it through the entire organization. So ultimately, you're having every department is running an EOS meeting agenda within the department. Every department has its own scorecard. Every single seat in the company has an objective, measurable attached to uh, to measure per, uh, uh, objective standard of performance. Right, the receptionist to answer the phone in two rings or less. That's your measurable. Everybody has rocks quarterly priorities that they're responsible for delivering on, and they all kind of line up like the, the flywheel, all turning in the same direction. Every the entire company, top to bottom, there's an accountability chart with crystal clarity about who does what, right? The entire company is intended to run on EOS when it's fully deployed. Yeah,
0: Which is why it probably does, you know, with larger organizations, take some time to, you know, get everyone on board and and comfortable with it and, you know, kind of in in lockstep.
1: It does. It does. And, you know, I always tell my clients, give yourself grace because – you know, it's a lot. You, you can't eat an elephant in one bite. And don't don't over-engineer it. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get you start tinkering and you start getting too into the mechanics. Back out. Take that high-level entrepreneurial 80-20 approach and use it to create that simplicity, accountability, a cadence where the whole company is making progress together. Um, and that's when it's, you know, if you hover out and up it's going to work really well and you
0: give yourself a little bit of uh, leash and leeway. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So, you know, as, as we kind of wrap this up, I, I want to give you a chance to, to kind of, you know, shamelessly plug your services. I mean, anyone listening to this, it's clear you're, you're an expert, you know, this stuff inside and out, you know, how to teach it and, and help others learn it and implement it you know but for those out there thinking you know maybe i just go buy the book traction read it and you know we kind of try to you know implement it ourselves you know what what do you think you're able to to bring to the table that's really going to help a company get this right and and get better quicker results i think i know you know what those things are but but i'd like to give you the chance to to kind of uh you know answer that for yourself
1: yeah well good question you know I'm, I'm a teacher facilitator coach so i'm not a consultant i'm never there to tell any company or leadership team what they should do i'm there to teach them how to use the tools and master them so they're equipped to go and teach their people and their employees and all their teams how to use them i'm there to facilitate them the wisdom in the room there's always an intelligence a collective intelligence on that team and i'm there to facilitate them to reaching the right conclusion in the best interest of the organization, holding the mirror up, shining the light on all the warts and and making sure that they're addressing it. And I'm there to coach them to performance, you know, best coach I ever had was the one that was the hardest on me. Yeah. But I knew that he believed in me and he was hard on me because he wanted to squeeze out every ounce of very limited physical talent that I had in, in, in my, uh, Creaky joints. So, you know, that's how I treat my clients. I'm not on the field with them, but I get the privilege of having kind of an objective outside in look and I can hold them accountable to performance and coach them and be hard and press and push them in the interest of making them world-class. Right. So that's what, that's what, that's what I'm there to do. That's what every EOS implementer is there to do.
0: Yeah. Very well said. I think, uh, you know, outside of you being, you know, so familiar with EOS and and how to teach it and train it. Uh, I just think that that outside perspective that you bring is incredibly valuable, right? I mean, when you're in a company, whether you're the CEO or, or part of the leadership team, especially if, you know, the company has been around for a while, there's naturally going to be these biases, right? Or these just, you know, kind of assumptions, right? Uh, and so I could, I could really, really see how someone from the outside looking in is going to give some perspective or at least help people, you know, maybe step back and and look at things from a different perspective. Um, and that being really valuable. And then like with any sort of a coaching, you know, relationship, right. Just the accountability piece. And, you know, the other thing that I would I would point out I'm curious what what your thought is on this but I think it's the same when you know people go and invest in a franchise business and they've they're they're investing this money into something right it's the same thing if you go and pay a personal trainer a lot of money versus saying you know what I'm just going to get better about you know working out more regularly like it's a lot harder to walk away from it when you've you know made a a monetary investment you're you're much more likely to stick with it I think um, even when it gets uncomfortable, even when it gets, you know, difficult. So I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I, I would imagine that's, that's also part of the value, right? It's just that, that commitment via the investment, you know, you're, you're kind of mentally all in at that point, right? You're yeah. Right I mean, there.
1: there's a psychology behind it. You know, yeah. I, I, I had uh shoulder and knee surgery last year and I have a membership to these, this, uh, kind of physical therapy kind of neuro kinetic these like awesome group of guys that that you know I go see on a regular basis and I have a membership so I can cancel whenever I want and I was going to cancel today because I had a lot going on I was like no man, I'm paying a lot of money for That's this. Right. Yeah, move your butt, get in the car, and get it done. Because yeah. you know, I'm wasting my money otherwise, and I'm and I'm letting those guys down. I show up, and they're you know they put me through the paces, and I'm always glad I made the time for it. So there is a psychology to it for sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I paid a lot of money to work with a a training company at the beginning of the year, and and you know because I paid that money, I was like. I'm gonna do whatever the hell this guy tells me to do for 90 days. And if I'm if I'm getting results, then then I'm all in, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question it. I'm not gonna second guess any of it. I'm not gonna, you know, like we talked about earlier. Well, that sounds like easy enough. So I'm gonna pick to do that, but I'm gonna choose not to do that. Just like, I'm gonna follow blindly because it's a lot of freaking money. And guess what? The results are there, you know, and, yeah. and it's to the point now where like you know, because a big part of it for me was just getting my diet dialed in and starting to actually track, you know, what I'm eating, my macros, things like that. Now it's like, if I want to, you know, eat that cookie at night before I go to bed, I'm I'm more so not eating it just because I don't want my trainer to see <laughs> in the little app where we track everything like that fat ass ate a cookie at, at midnight <laughs> last night. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> um, So yeah, I think all of that psychology, you know, side of it is, is really, really powerful, but, um, man, this is awesome work that you're doing. I, I really, you know, appreciate you coming on here and sharing with the audience a little bit more about, you know, EOS for those out there listening, you know, if you've not read the book traction, go out and get a copy of it, read it. I would say it's absolutely required reading for, any entrepreneur or anyone that's considering entrepreneurship and, you know, probably the type of book you want to revisit once a year or so. Um, and and like Justin said, it's never too early to start thinking about, you know, laying that foundation and implementing uh, these types of processes in your business, even if you're not in business yet. You know, these are really good things to be thinking about and you know planning for right because i think the sooner you start on it the better
1: yeah yeah man man, this has been a lot of fun i really appreciate coming on with you wes and, and uh nice job really really enjoyed it
0: yeah yeah we'll we'll stay in touch and and we'll have you come back at at some point and uh you know i'm sure there's plenty more you know that we could talk about but where can people find you connect with you get more information on eos on your services, uh, point folks in the right direction?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I post every day, mostly EOS-related stuff. So just look up Justin Mink. Uh, My EOS website where you can contact me and I've got all kinds of videos and stuff posted is eosworldwide.com forward slash Justin-Mink. So, and my email, just email me. I've got a new weekly newsletter called the Weekly WUSA launches on Sunday. So I don't have a, I don't have a URL for it just yet. We're, we're about to finalize it, but you can always email me at justin.mink at eosworldwide.com.
0: I love that. The weekly woosai. Um yep. Look, we'll put all those links in the show notes to make it easy for people to find, but uh, Justin really appreciate you, man. Thanks for everything you're doing out there to, to help entrepreneurs be more successful. Keep up the great work.
1: Likewise, Les. Have a good one, man. Thank you.
0: You too. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at wwwpath the number two. FRDM.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path, the number two FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.